Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. The Bible tells us that Nebuchadnezzar is making himself an image of gold. It tells us how tall it was. It was three score cubits and the breadth of it uh, six cubits. And he set it upon the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent together all the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the providences to come to the dedication of the image that the king had set up. It's everybody. That's the princes, the governors, captains, even the sheriffs got invited. The counselors and, and, and the treasurers. Everybody's invited to this party. We're going to dedicate this idol. And, and I'll, I'll skip a lot of it here, but, but I just want to uh, go down to verse 7. The Bible says, he says, now listen, everybody's going to bow. We're all going to bow to this deal, and those that bow not shall be cast into the midst of a fiery furnace. In verse 7, he says, Therefore, at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. I don't know if you know this, but you made a decree that every man, when he hear the sound of the music, fall down and worship the image. And you said, you said, if they don't, then you're going to throw them in the furnace. And in verse, in verse 12, he said, they say, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. These, these are men in leadership. And they, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, these men, they... I mean, we all saw it. You, you see, I saw it. They did not bow. <laughs> These guys did not bow. And so Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would come and they brought him before the king. And the king spake and said in verse 14, is it true? Is it true? Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you didn't bow down when we played the music? Is, it, is that true? That's what I heard, that y'all didn't bow down. Is that true? They said, uh, they said, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you know, they said, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Like, we don't even need to talk about it. We already know what we're going to say. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. He shall deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And then Nebuchadnezzar was so mad that the form of his visage changed. Meaning he was so mad that he even looked the same. Like the anger and wrath that was in him changed the way he looked. Probably got red in the face, had all kind of wrinkles. He was just mad. And he said, you know what? Turn, turn the furnace up seven times hotter and get the strongest men in all of Israel to bind these guys up and throw them in there. The Bible says 
that they threw him in there because the commandment was so urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot. Verse 22, the flame, of, the flame of fire slew the men that took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, when they opened up the gate to the furnace, the men that were taking them, they died instantly because it was so hot. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake unto his counselors and said, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I'll read some more in just a minute, but I want to preach to you today on this subject, the form of the fourth. The form of the fourth. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you so much, and we're so blessed to be in your house. I ask you now that your word would permeate our hearts, penetrate our spirits, oh God, that we would not only be hearers of the word today, but doers also, and we'll be careful to give you praise and glory. And someone shout in Jesus' name. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing with us so long. I promise not to hold you very long today. I'm going to preach my word and we're going to get out of here. But I want to talk to you today again about the form of the fourth. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Very familiar story. The three Hebrew boys. That's, that's what we you know, know them from, from, from Sunday school, from the flannel graphs. Some of y'all not old enough to know what a flannel graph is, but trust me, it was a thing. Super cool. Uh, we had the three Hebrew boys in a flannel graph, and then we put the fire flannel graph up there, and then we slide in a fourth man. It was super cool. It, you, if you didn't have Sunday school like that, you didn't have real Sunday school. That was cool. Sunday school, that was awesome Sunday school times. And the three Hebrew boys is, you know, that story, you know, we hear it over and over again, and people talk about it, and, and it's a great story. But they weren't boys. They were men. Three Hebrew men. Th these were governors, and they were princes, and they were rulers over providences. These guys were important people. They, they were invited to this, to this moment, this dedication service over this great idol that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And Nebuchadnezzar had this great idol built, and he's like, look, this thing is super awesome, and, and I'm going to have a party, and we're going to get a, a full band out here. I want a full orchestra, and when, when they begin to play, and we're going to have harps, and we're going to have psalteries, and we're going to have sackbuts, and we're going to, who even knows what a sackbut is, but it's something, and we're going to have it, and we're going to turn it up, and we're going to have drums. It's going to be loud. And when the music starts, I want everybody to bow. Every prince, every governor, every ruler, every leader, every sheriff, every treasurer, everybody's going to bow. And this is going to be awesome. I'm just going to stand up there. This is, I'm just going to receive all this glory, and it's going to be fantastic. So they do that. They play the music. All the band plays. They play the music. And then while the music's playing and they're having a good time, certain Chaldeans come, and they're like, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, we, like, we, we heard what you said, we got the email, and we knew that when the music played, we're all supposed to bow. And, you know, we don't want to tattletale. We don't want to be those kind of guys. But we did see three guys not bowing, and they're all Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, here's what we have to understand. First of all, that's not their names. See, Babylon has a way of stealing the identity of people. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is Babylonian names. See, when Babylon would take you as captive, the first thing they would do is they would change your name to a Babylonian name because they wanted to take the identity because even the enemy knows there's power in the name. There's power in a name. And so they would take your name. They would give you 
a different identity, give you a different name, and then they would also change everything about you. They would give you power. They would give you position. They would give you new clothes. They would give you new, everything. The Bible's going to tell us in a minute that they had hats and hosen. And I guarantee you, you can go look all through history. No Jew ever wear hats or hosen. They had a specific way of dressing. Hats and hosen wasn't a part of it. So it was a whole It was a whole idea to change who you are to take you from this and make you Babylonian to take you from that and make you Babylonian but their names are Hananiah Mishael and Azariah these are their names not Shadrach Meshach and Abednego these are their Babylonian names but these are Jews these kids were raised as Jews and now they're grown men and they haven't forgot their Jewish heritage they remember hero Israel the Lord our God is one and thou shalt have no other gods before thee. They, they remember the Ten Commandments. That you shall not worship any graven image. That's in the Ten Commandments. So they, they are in Babylon, but they remember they are not of Babylon. I have a Babylonian name, but that doesn't mean I believe like them. This, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Here's how Paul said it. Paul said it like this. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Oh, hallelujah. Thank all three of you. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I'm, I'm here. My name is Court, but I don't really belong here. I'm an ambassador for a different country. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Amen. And the, the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar commands them to bow. And when the music plays, three of them, out of all the thousands that were there, stay on their feet. They're like, I'm not doing this. I'm not bowing. Why? Because you don't like Nebuchadnezzar? No, because the word said, don't bow to graven images. Oh, you're trying to be a rebel? No, the word said, don't bow to graven images. Oh, you're trying to make yourself look fancy? No, the word said to not bow to other images. Come on, somebody. I'm not, I'm not doing, there's nothing that I'm doing right now to try to be fancy or to try to be a rebel. There's things that I don't do because the Bible said don't do them. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody in the house still believe the word of God is true? Was anybody here at the 10 o'clock service where we talked about the obsession with the abstract? I believe that the word of God is settled in heaven and you shall have no other gods before me. So they didn't bow. And the Bible says that the Chaldeans told on them they're not bowing. And they brought them before King Nebuchadnezzar. And when they get before King Nebuchadnezzar, he's like, listen, I don't know if y'all heard it, so I'm going to tell you again. And maybe y'all didn't hear it. Maybe you, maybe you had some spotty service over there where y'all was at. But let me just say it one more time. We're going to play the music, and when the music plays, y'all supposed to bow. And if you don't bow, the same hour, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. There's a principle there. If we see it and we don't miss it, somebody say the same hour. The hour that you make a decision is your worst hour. Yeah. The enemy is an abortionist. It likes to kill things in its infancy. That's why I tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby. And he tried to kill Moses when he was a baby. 
Because he knows if he can take you out early on, he can win the battle. There is a principle of same hour. Here's, here's what I want to tell people sometimes. You come to church, you, you feel the power of God, God touches your life, you feel like everything is great. I, 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 maybe I should stand at the door and say, hey, listen, as soon as you leave church today, all hell's about to break loose in your life. Because the devil hates what happened to you today. The devil hates that you got a breakthrough today. The devil hates that you felt good in service today. The devil hates that you got a word today. And so he's going to do everything he can do in the next few moments to try to steal that word from you. But if you hold on just a little bit, amen, he said the same hour I will throw you in the fiery furnace. And I love the response of the three Hebrew men. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they say, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Oh, so good. We don't have to debate on this. We don't, there's no vote here. Our mind was made up a long time ago. We're not careful to answer thee, meaning that like, we, we don't, like, we're not afraid to give you our answer. Like We're good. We, we got a made-up mind. We will not bow to the image. You can play that music all day. We ain't bowing. We, we already got up, our, we, we have a made up mind. We're not bowing and we will, we will not serve your gods either. Like, like we, you, you can change our names. You can change our clothes. You could put us in a strange land, but we made up our mind. We're not, we're not bowing to the image. It's not happening. Well, why don't you just bow and make it easy? Make it easy for yourself. Fit in. Be a part of the cool crowd. Everybody's doing it. Why not? Just join everybody else. They said, we're not careful to answer thee. We've already made up our mind. No matter how good the music is, no matter what the repercussions are, we've already made up our mind. We will not serve your gods and we will not bow to your image. And we know our God who is able will deliver us from thy hand, O king. Because they're answering the king. The king said, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? They said, we're not careful to answer you. We're not going to bow. Our God who's able, our God will deliver us. Our God is able and our God will. Somebody say able. able. How many know that he's able? How many know that he will? That's a, that's a good word. That's a good word. I know he's able and I know he will. But you got to watch verse 18. He said, I know he's able. And I know he will deliver us from thy hand, O king. Verse 18, he says, but if not. That's the whole message right there. I know God's able. I know God will. But if he don't, be it known unto thee, O king, that we still not going to serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which you set up. Like, like, like I, I know my God and I know my God is able and I know my God will but if my God don't show up don't worry about it I'm still not going to bow I'm still not going to serve your gods I got a made up mind whether my God shows up or whether my God don't show up I serve my God whether he's good I serve my God whether he's silent I serve my God whether he answers my questions or whether he don't. I serve him on the good days. I serve him on the bad days. I serve him on the days that feel like heaven. And I serve him on the days that feel like hell. I got a but if not in my spirit. But if he don't show up, I'm still going to be here next Sunday with bells on, giving him praise. And he might not show up, but I've already made up my mind that I will not bow and I will not serve. He might not show up. He may not come when I want him, but I know he'll be on time. 
time and all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Anybody got a but if not in your spirit this morning? He might come through, but if he don't, if he don't. So you got to make up your mind now what you're going to do if he don't. What you going to do if he don't? What you going to do if he don't answer your prayer? What you going to do if the money don't come through? What you going to do if they pass away anyway? What you going to do? You got to make up your mind now. I'm not going anywhere. I got a made up mind. I know he's able and I know he will. But if he don't, be it known unto the old king, I will not serve your gods. I made him mad. That, that you're so mad you can't even say nothing. Just the Bible says he was so mad that his visage changed. He just looked like a different person. You ever seen somebody so mad? I don't even recognize that person. Don't look at him. Just keep looking at me. Don't. I don't seen her get so mad she turned a table over, threw a coffee mug at me, and said I was just like my daddy. Boy, some of y'all are like, he been, he been living in our house. This man is a prophet of God. <laughs> I done seen this man so mad, he done punched through sheetrock walls, kicked the dog. <laughs> look, look I, I hear the mumblers going on right now. <laughs> this, man been in, this man is in the will of God today. He prayed this morning. This man ain't his spiritual Wheaties today. He is on a roll. We know what it is to get so mad that you just do Irrational stuff. Nebuchadnezzar got so mad he got irrational. He said, turn it up seven times hotter than it's supposed to be turned up. Turned up seven. And he said, I want the strongest men in the army to bind them. He said, he didn't say somebody bind them. He said, I want the strongest men in the army to bind them. Go get my strongest men. Out of an army of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of men, they went and got the strongest men to tie these guys up. And, and it's, just, it's just, you know, like the devil is compounding this onto them. The enemy is compounding. It's, it's seven times hotter. It's the strongest men and the strongest bondage. It's, it's, it's a fear tactic. It's a fear tactic. The enemy likes to pour it on because he wants fear to envelop you. The, the strongest men in the, turn it up seven times. I'm going to make it so bad for you. Oh, hallelujah. Many of us self-sabotage our spiritual walk with God because we're terrified of what might happen if we really give ourselves to the Lord. We're terrified of how hot the fire may get. We're terrified of how many people may not like us anymore. We're terrified that if I say I'm right, how many people am I telling are wrong? Oh, hallelujah. It's a fear tactic. He says, turn it up, get the strongest men, throw them in. The Bible says the fire was so hot that when they opened the doors that the men who were taking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were consumed by the fire instantaneously. And the Bible says the three young men fell into the furnace. Oh, hallelujah. It was a but if not moment. God did not come through. They went all the way to the fire. Consumed by the fire. God did not send down angels to slap around the guards and cut their bonds and let them run free. He let them go all the way into the fire. 
And as the music continued to play and people continued to worship this idol, Nebuchadnezzar looks over his shoulder just into the fire. And the Bible says he's astonished. Hold up, wait a minute. Uh, excuse me, counselors. Didn't we <laughs> throw three men bound in the fire? King's losing it. Yeah. We, we just did that. Three men bound in the fire. He said, then why do I see four men loosed? Walking in the midst of the fire. And he said, they have no hurt. They just walk around in the fire, four of them. Listen, the same fire that consumed the men and the same fire that burned off their bondage was the same fire that didn't touch their skin. God used the enemy's fire to set them free. Can I say it one more time? God took what the enemy meant for bad and God turned it around and made it good. The enemy thought the fire would kill him. The enemy thought the fire would destroy him. The enemy thought the fire would shut him up. The enemy thought the fire would wipe him off the map. But all the fire did was set him free. All the fire did was loose him. All the fire did was give him the ability to walk around in the fire. No hurt on him. No hurt. The same thing that the devil thought was going to make you lose your mind is the same thing that's going to bring you back to the house of God. The same thing the enemy thought was going to make you give up on your family is the same thing that's going to use it to put your family back together again. The same thing that the enemy tried to kill you with is the same God's going to give you a testimony. I say, God's going to give you a testimony. And you're going to say, listen, I used to be bound, but I've been free. I'm going to take what the devil meant for bad, and God's going to make it good in my life. Yeah. Hmm, I see them. Four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth. It's like the son of God. Whew. Somebody say the form of the fourth. Oh, hallelujah. I, I wish I had time to really tell the whole story, but let me summarize. The Bible says that they went down to the fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego heard the voice of Nebuchadnezzar. The same voice that put him in the fire was the same voice that said, oh, come out, come out of the fire. The same voice that put him in the mess was the same voice that released him from the mess. And said, won't you come on out of the fire? And the Bible says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out the fire and they didn't even have the smell of smoke on their clothing. And Nebuchadnezzar said, my bad, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that the God that you served was so powerful. He said, but today I make a declaration that all people and all nation under my power will serve only the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he said, also, anybody that says anything about this God, I will crush their cities and I will turn them into a dung hill. And the next verse says, and King Nebuchadnezzar promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Oh, hallelujah. You don't know. You didn't realize it. But the fire and the promotion are really close to each other. Ain't nobody hearing me right now. I said the fire and the promotion are right next door to each other. Some of y'all in the fire right now. But can the preacher tell you there's a fourth man in the fire with you and your promotion is not very far from the fire? Hey, there's a fourth man. The fourth man is in there with you. The fourth man is not giving up on you. Three men went in. The king saw four men and three men came out. The form of the fourth is still in the fire. That's why in Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat unto the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus of Galilee to John to be baptized of him. Oh, hallelujah. He's still in the fire. I said he's still in the fire. And when you get baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the fourth man steps in again. The fourth man has always been in the fire. If you want to know where he is, he's in the fire. He's Now he's in that Holy Ghost and fire. He never left the fire. He's been waiting in the fire for you to show up. Oh. Hallelujah. Can I preach here for a little while? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit gave them utterance. Can I tell you the fourth man? is still in the fire Hebrews 12 and chapter chapter 12 and verse 29 tells us for our God is a consuming fire there's a fourth man in the fire oh somebody say the form of the fourth the form of the fourth can I tell you that each one of us have a Hananiah Mishael and Azariah living on the inside of us. We all have a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on the inside of us. I'm not trying right now to be scientific or even otherworldly. I'm just telling you that the Bible tells us that each one of us have three parts to us. It is biblical that everybody in this room, you are made up of three parts. The Bible repeats this over and over and over again all throughout Old and New Testament. But we see it first in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy might. You have a conscience. Somebody say, my thought man. You have a conscience in you. It's your thought man. It's the guy that tells you what to do, what not to do, but he's also a liar. Yeah, your thought man is a liar. 
Because he made you believe that some people didn't love you, some people didn't like you. He made you believe that so-and-so didn't shake your hand because they got something against you. Your thought, man is, your thought man is a trouble guy. He likes to stir the pot. Your thought man is an instigator. He likes to get you mad at people that you ain't even never met before in your life. You mad at them, hate them, talk about them, Don't, never met them before. That thought man, that thought man tells you this and tells you that. That's your thought, all your mind. It's your mind. You also have a soul. Yeah, you have a spirit about you. You have a soul. And that's what Jesus came to save was your soul. He said, don't be afraid of the man that can take your life. He said, be afraid of the man that can take your soul. Yeah, you have a soul. He came to seek and to save the lost souls of this world. It is, it is his will that no soul would spend an eternity in hell, but that every soul would spend an eternity with him in heaven. You have a soul today. That, that soul in you is that thing in you that knows right from wrong. Seemingly as a child, you know right from wrong. Nobody taught you that lying was wrong. You just knew it was wrong, but you did it anyway. Nobody had to tell you. No one had to tell you how to share. You knew that in, instinctively, instinctively sharing is good and, 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 and hoarding. And you had to be taught how to do that. You knew it was right, but you didn't want to do it because your spirit wars with your flesh. Oh, yeah. There's always been a fight inside of you, hasn't there? Before you ever knew God, there was a fight inside of you. That, that one of your members wanted to do right and one of your members wanted to do wrong. You knew that this was right. No one had to tell you stealing cookies was wrong. You just hid it behind your back and said, mm -mm, I don't have a cookie. You knew it because you have a soul. You have a soul man and you have a thought man and then you have your physical man, all your might. This man, this physical man that sleeps and eats. Your, your soul and your mind doesn't sleep or eat. Your mind don't sleep, you know it because it stays up all night long showing you all kinds of stuff. That may or may not happen. Got dogs chasing you and dragons eating you. and Your mind is always awake. Your soul is always searching. But this physical man eats and sleeps and hurts and is wounded. This physical man breaks down. You have, you're made up of three things. Body, soul. Spirit, you are made up of three things body, soul, mind. You have three things in you. This is why Paul said to the church in Galatia in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19, he said, My little children, of whom I travail until Christ be formed in you. Oh, yeah. The Bible says that in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7 that he made of himself no reputation but he took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5 warns us to be careful of people that have the form but deny the power. Oh yeah. You see I'm made up of three things. But when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, Christ was formed in me. That's why I don't do the things that I used to do. Because there's a form of the fourth. 
Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. See, the Lord showed me this the other day when I was reading in my private devotion time. I read this verse. The form of the fourth is like the son of God. And when I read it, my spirit was quickened. And I was reminded when Paul said, until Christ be formed in you. You see, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, it is the Holy Ghost and fire. And that unquenchable fire is upon you. And you have the form of the fourth in you. And this man, this three-part man that stands before you today, body, soul, and spirit, knows what it's like to be bound and be busted and disgusted but when the form of the fourth came into my life the enemy said I thought I had him bound I thought I had him addicted I thought I had him in the fire did not put court over there did not take court's ministry did not take court's anointing did not take his power did not put him in the fire why do I see four and the form of the fourth is like the son of God Paul said it like this not I but Christ that lives within me. Not I, but Christ that liveth in me. There's a fourth man on the scene. Oh yeah, I know you see me today and you see what I can do and what I can't do, but I come to tell you in the house that there's a fourth man in the fire. There's a fourth man in the fire. Hey! That's why I don't talk like everybody else. I don't live like everybody else. I don't walk like everybody else. Why? Not because I'm better than anybody. Absolutely not. It's just that I have a fourth man living inside of me. And when I would do evil, the fourth man pulls my hand back. And when I would do wrong, the fourth man pulls my hand back. Can I tell somebody today, you would have already lost your mind if it wasn't for the fourth man. This fire would have already consumed you if it wasn't for the... I feel like preaching for just a few more moments. Some of y'all would have already took your life, but you got the form of the fourth man in you. Some of you would have already gave up, but the form of the fourth man. The fire has been hot. The fire has been brutal, but there's a fourth man walking around in me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why he said, come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing, and I will be your God, and I will walk in you. I will live in you there's a fourth man in me I'm body I'm soul I'm spirit but there's another man on the scene and he's never lost a battle there's another man on the scene and you can't burn him with fire there's another man on the scene and he set me free yes he set me free he broke the bonds of prison for me there's a fourth man on the scene Can I tell somebody in the house, you are not alone. You think you're alone, but there's a fourth man in the fire. You think you're all by yourself, but there's a fourth man in the fire. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. We used to sing it like this. Jesus on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Jesus on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I got Jesus on the inside. And he's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, what a change. You know why? Because I 
release and I surrendered my spirit and my soul and my mind to the fourth man until Christ be formed in you until Christ be formed in you can I tell you today that Christ wants to be formed in somebody today Christ wants to be formed this world has thrown you in the fire your family has thrown you in the fire your addictions have thrown you in the fire your bondage has thrown you in the fire but I'm telling you there's a fourth man and he's saying let me in let me in let me in because when I step in I take away the pain of the fire oh hallelujah until Christ be formed in you oh hallelujah there is a fourth man Who's waiting on the invitation to come on in the fire? Come in. There's people sitting here today. There is so much turmoil in your life. And all he's waiting on is an invitation. Your body can't take it. You've tried. You've tried to help your body take it. You've tried alcohol. You've tried pills. You've tried everything you can. But your body just can't take it. Your mind can't take it. You've, you've, you've allowed your mind to try to fight this battle for you. You, you. You've given it over to your mind. And you said, mind, help me. You've even tried to read books and you've went and talked to people. And you, 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 you really think that somehow you can think positive and be positive. We still read and think and grow rich like it's really a thing. Because you think you can think your way into something and think your way out of it. And you've given your mind the authority over your life. You've tried your body and you've tried your mind. But if you would just listen to your soul, your soul knows the answer. Oh, yeah, your soul's saying, let him in. Let him in. That's why some of you right now, you're filling an emotional pool. Tears. Tears. You're feeling it. You're like, wait, this man's talking to me today. I need him. Yeah, that's your soul. Your soul has always known where it belongs. People try to fill that soul with all kinds of things. They try to make their mind fix it. They make their body fix it. But the soul, there's a hole in your soul and it's the size of the fourth man. And the only way it fits is if you let your soul and your mind and your body. That's why when you get saved, it takes your soul repenting. When you get saved, men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent. Open your mouth and tell the Lord you're sorry. When you, when you begin to repent, something happens in you. You start feeling it. You start feeling it. Why? Because the soul has been desiring to release all of that trouble that it's had its whole life. The soul has been waiting to regurgitate all of the evil that it's been privy to. He said, once you repent, be baptized. Why? Why, Why do I got to be baptized? Because I need something for this man. The man needs to be covered. <laughs> the man needs to be covered. This, this body needs to be covered in the blood. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost after baptism or sometimes before baptism, 
Some people say you receive the Holy Ghost in your mouth. That's a lie. Ain't nobody ever received the Holy Ghost in their mouth. You receive the Holy Ghost in your heart. You receive the Holy Ghost in your mind. Yeah. Because we know the heart's just a muscle that pumps blood. You receive it up here. That's why people who are real analytical struggle to receive the Holy Ghost. Because they're trying to think their way into it. That's why the Lord said it's a gift to take away our thought process. Because you know when you received the gift as a kid, you didn't even think about it. You just ripped it open and you received it. And so when you are saved, men and brethren, what shall we do? It covers body, soul, and spirit, mind. All in one. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Galatians chapter 4 calls it the spirit of the Son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are a son, thou art no more a servant, but you are a son, an heir of God through Christ. When you receive the spirit of the Son, the form of the fourth, Hallelujah. I've never preached this message before, but I feel a revelation in the Holy Ghost. You need the form of the fourth in your life. When you were born, you came out body, soul, and spirit. But when you are born again, <laughs> when you are born again, the fourth is formed in you. <laughs> now, hey, listen, on May 4th, now we can really say it. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> Come on, somebody. May he be with you. May he walk with you on your job tomorrow. May he walk with you back into your broken marriage. May he walk with you into that surgery. May he walk with you into that broken relationship. May he walk with you back into your home today. And you say, listen, I'm here, body, soul, and spirit. But there's a fourth man walking into this fire with me. I wish I could give somebody a revelation today uh, that you are not alone. You are not by yourself. Uh, there's a fourth man in the fire and the form of the fourth uh, is like the son of God. Uh, he wants to walk in there with you. He'll walk with you into anything that you walk into and it shall not harm you. It shall not harm you. It shall not harm you. Hey! Paul shook off the snake in the fire. He said, he's going to die. That man is dead. Watch him. And a few minutes later, they were like, he's still, he's still going. He should be dead by now. I, I know that snake. That snake kills people like that. And about 30 minutes later, Paul's sitting around cooking a plate of beans, and they're like, how did you do that? We know that when that snake bites a man, he dies. Paul said, the form of the fourth. It would have killed that man. It would have killed that body, soul, and spirit, but there's something, on, something else on the inside of me. He can't hurt the fourth man. Oh, hallelujah. They put the apostle in a pot of boiling oil. Normally, people just fry like a tortilla shell in that oil. But he just said, hey, you got a bar of soap? Might as well take a bath while I'm in here. They said, hey, that oil kills most men. He said, yeah, most men, most body, soul, spirit, but there's a fourth man in this oil with me. And you can't kill the fourth man. Like, come on, somebody. I wish I had another hour to preach to somebody. Oh, hallelujah. There's a fourth man on the inside of me. I, I, I come 
in the name of the Lord. You come to me with sword and a shield and a spear, but I come to you in the name. There's a fourth man walking down in this valley with me. I don't know if you know this, but he's on my side. Yes, 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 yes. He's on my side. He orders my steps. He walks with me and he talks with me. He's on the inside. And if the fourth man is on the inside, he'll work on the outside. Oh. There's fruit. There's fruit. Because the form of the fourth man is like the Son of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Holy Ghost. I preach what I felt in my spirit today. I preach revelation today. I didn't hear this in no book. I didn't get this off no video. I've never heard a preacher preach what I'm preaching today. I feel like this came from the throne room of heaven. Because there are people that are sitting in this room today. They have tried their body. They've tried their soul. They've tried their mind. They've tried every avenue that they can. But God, today, I feel like Paul. And I'm travailing over them until Christ be formed in them you can't do it sir you cannot do it ma'am your body soul and spirit is not enough you cannot win this battle but there is a fourth man and the form of the fourth the form of the fourth is like the son of God and he came that you might have life and life more now would you stand with me? I want to open this altar. I want to open this altar for people who want to have Christ formed in them. There's people in here today that have the Holy Ghost already. You've already been baptized, already repented of your sins, but you have not looked around long enough to see that the fourth man is right there with you. You still believe that you are still bound by your addiction. You got the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized. You are what we would consider saved. But you are still bound by addiction. Still bound by depression. Still bound by many things. And that's because you are still relying on body, soul, spirit. And today I'm bringing you revelation that the form of the fourth... There is a fourth man in your members. There is a fourth man on the inside. He, the Son of God, all power in heaven and in earth, and he shall walk with me, and he shall talk with me. He said, I will live in them, and I shall walk in them, and he shall order my steps. He's in me. Do, do we still believe that? Or do we just believe that this is all self-help and we can just hear a good lesson on a Sunday and I can just teach us how to be good people, think positively, and we're going to make it. Is that what we're doing now? Is that where we're at? Or can I tell you, you ain't good enough. You are horribly scarred and you will never, ever, no matter how good you are, find hope. There ain't no money. There ain't a man. There ain't a woman. Nothing can give you hope.
You, in the form that you are right now, you'll never make it. But if you would allow Christ to be formed in you, fire won't hurt you. Bonds can't keep you. You can walk around in the worst moment of your life and be unscathed. The smell of smoke, not even on your clothes. Hey, brother, how'd you come out of that? There was a fourth man with me. Hey, man, that would have killed most people. There was a fourth man with me. Hey, how did you break that addiction? How did you get free from that? What'd you do? Did you meditate? Did you go to a doctor? What, what medicine did they give you? No, no, no. It was the fourth man. It wasn't me. I tried it. But the fourth man. The form of the fourth man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was able to stay in the fire, but I never was touched. No residue on me. Not because of anything I did, but the fourth man. Oh, hallelujah. This altar is open. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.